Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live, a question and answer show exclusive to OnlyFans and Miami Dolphins Discord server. Now here's your host, Alf. And welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live. If you want to become a member of OnlyFans, you could come on to OnlyFans. That's a Discord. You go to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans and for $3 a month, you get to participate in these shows. This is not a post-game show. This is just a special show for Black Friday. Dolphins defeat the New York Jets 34-13. It was never in doubt, but it did not come without a cost. Jalen Phillips, yeah, it does not look good. You can all speculate, but the team has already said it's a Achilles injury. It's very rare that you get the, the very fortuitous Achilles sprain, and he's coming back in four or five weeks. So you can all, you know, do the numbers on those. Uh, the offensive line was, it was an absolute bloodletting. Like, everybody was leaving the, the game at certain parts of the game. Teron Armstead did not receive any treatment during the game or after the game. So my guess is that he was brought out of the game and then just held out for the rest of the game. Kendall Lamb, oddly enough, had the very rare sideline injury because as soon as Teron Armstead left, Keon Smith came in in his stead and not Kendall Lamb because he had a heating pack on his back. So there was something wrong with Kendall Lamb. He did finish the game. Um, Austin Jackson was thrown out of the game, and I never got the official announcement that Austin Jackson was actually thrown out of the game. Um, other injuries, Lester Cotton left the game, then returned. He seems to be okay. Liam Eikenberg left for a snap, came back in again. So, yeah, it, it did not come without a cost, but good God, was that as easy as it comes as far as a win. I have Louis Sung, uh, host of Pulse of Fins Nation. He is on our feed. He could promote that as soon as I get him on. But first, I have a moderator of OnlyFans. What? What did you think of this game? Uh, get us kick-started on this. What did I think of the game? Well, I mean, you pretty much summarized it. It was an easy win. Um, once they kicked that first field goal, I, it, was, it was just clear to me that they had a good game plan on offense and defense, and the Jets really had no answer for anything. Um, and any points that the Jets got later on were kind of, I don't want to say charity, but uh, more along that those lines because it was domination from the first snap. I mean, you saw it on the first Jets series where the defense of the Dolphins didn't really give them any space. They suffocated Tim Boyle throughout. And then on offense, I mean, those first, what, I think three drives where we had the the failed fourth down and then the field goal and then the touchdown, 
the this supposedly great Jets defense didn't provide any solutions to the things that we were throwing at them. So it was a, a nice a nice division win. All right, uh, Lewis, you could promote everything you want to promote as of right now. Uh, your thoughts on the game? I know you had the the post game show on Five Reasons Sports. Uh, your thoughts on the game, and then we're gonna get into some questions. I know CK is here, so I should be bringing him on momentarily. But hit it, Lewis. I mean, I feel like at this point, the best thing we could have gotten out of that game, it was just the fact that nobody else got hurt for me. Just seeing what we've heard so many players now talk about the MetLife turf as being literally the worst in the NFL. Nobody likes to play there. And now we have, we lost Jalen Phillips, which on paper, it's it's going to make a big dent in our defense. But I would like to highlight for everybody also that Andrew Van Ginkle is still available on the edge. And I'm sure that he is still itching to get back to being his pass rushing self, which is where he does his most the most of his damage. And for what it's worth, Emmanuel Ogba had a sack thrown in there as well. So I don't think we're going to feel Jalen Phillips's absence too much. I, I feel bad for him. Believe me, I do. I think that if anything, Jalen Ramsey needs to come and take this kid under his wing and say, listen, I've been there. I was literally there earlier this year. I'm going to help you out, get through this. And I appreciated that the rest of the team came out and basically said, we're going to make sure that Jalen Phillips is going to be surrounded by his teammates at all times, and we're going to make sure that he stays involved with everything going on, and he's not going to just be left on an island, so to speak. It really just speaks to the level of camaraderie that's going on around this team. Just the 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 new sense of chemistry ever since Mike McDaniel got here that did not exist with the likes of Joe Philbin or... Adam Gase or Brian Flores, Mike McDaniel has turned this team in a family. It, it, it's very, it's very fitting that Tua's call after every uh, huddle up is always family out of the locker room because that's what this team has become, and I think that's part of what has made this team so successful and in first place, tied for first place in the AFC, not just the AFC East, the entire AFC conference. So that speaks volumes to me. Yeah, and while their their schedule is going to get softer, everybody else's is going to get much much more difficult. So those are the, that's all good news. Like, come on, you you get to sit there on Sunday night on your ass and watch Eagles, Bills, and the Bills are trying to avoid being three games, not two, three games out of first place. So. Absolutely. Let's go over the, the game very, very, very quickly. And then we're, we're just going to... I had CK on here, but CK dropped off. He's having some issues with, I guess, his microphone. But if we go over the game a little bit, broad strokes. Receivers got off on Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. DJ Reed did have that interception. But you have Jalen Waddle with 8 for 114 yards, no touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 9 for 102. The official numbers are 181 yards receiving on DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. So that's good to hear. Tua Tungvaloa, 21 of 30 for 243, which is good. One touchdown. The two picks. Uh, Man, both picks were bad in my opinion. The second one, he was just testing on an out route. But the first one, he just threw it blind because he thought he had an easy completion. 
But Berrios out of the slot, you got to understand the corner is probably going to carry the guy and then curl. So you're going to have another flat defender out there. I don't think Tua saw him, and he just threw it out there. And sure enough, it was contested and intercepted. So that's something they had to clean up. They just had to clean up. If they don't have those turnovers, it's a shutout. Okay, and, you know, it's a much more lopsided affair than it was. All right, we got some questions, and we're going to bring in... I'm waiting on CK. CK's trying to get in here. Okay, but we have we have some that have asked to speak. As I bring you up, just identify yourself. You can ask questions of the panel. Hit it. Hey, everybody. This is Zach Pagano. Uh... I know we've everybody just touched on the Phillips injury. I'm just I'm trying to what the outlook of this defense is with that loss to the pass rush. I know we have Andrew Van Ginkle in the wings. We've got Agba. Is this something we should be more concerned about? The schedule is softening up, but it is also a little stronger toward the end of the regular season, of course, into the postseason. What is the loss of somebody like Jalen Phillips? What does that do to our front seven, and how do we overcome this going forward? Uh, it's a great question. I believe that they're going to have to become a little bit more multiple. They're going to have to play a few more people. In the short run, it just means Emmanuel Ogba starts and plays in his stead. I know he's had a problem as far as picking up the defense or picking up the responsibilities that you have to have on that edge. But on third down, which is where Jalen Phillips makes his name on this team, it just means that Andrew Van Ginkle is going to get more reps on third down off the edge. And I do believe that they will call in maybe a favor or two to Melvin Ingram, who's been around and who still has their phone number. And if he is available to come off the bench and grab a roll on third down, I think that's a guy that they would absolutely love to have back. Uh, first, I'll get Weck in here, and then I'll ask Lewis. Uh, Weck, your your thoughts on this? How do you replace? How do you begin to replace? And yeah, we are talking about replacing him because you can read the writing on the wall. Uh, how do you begin to replace somebody like Jalen Phillips? Weck. Well, I mean, you can't really replace a guy like that. But I mean, you do have what a seventeen million dollar guy just sitting on the bench. And he kind of has to sort of step up, and he's not going to adequately replace Jalen Phillips based on, like, he was, let's be real, Phillips was on his way to having probably a Pro Bowl season, maybe even better than that. Um, so replacing Jalen Phillips is going to be difficult. I think it's it's exactly what you're going to say, or what you're saying off is that um, you you have Ogba there, and then you maybe bring in a Melvin um, Ingram, but then you see Andrew Van Ginkle never ever play middle linebacker ever again. I mean, we didn't really see him play that much recently, but we know Vic Fangio was trying to work that out a little bit earlier on. Um, but honestly, I mean, it it sucks seeing him go down. And it'll be difficult for him to get replaced. But I think we have enough guys and a sufficient defensive scheme to where we'll see his absence. But it's not going to affect the defensive performance overall 
as much as you would probably think. Uh, now I could go for it. Lewis, uh, how do you begin to replace this guy? How do you do this in the short term? I mean, like I said before, in the short term, I feel like we've seen, or at least early in the season, we saw what Andrew Van Ginkle can do when he's given the opportunity to just focus solely on rushing the passer. And for a while, he was Miami's top pass rusher while Jalen Phillips was dealing with whatever he was dealing with earlier in the season. So I I, I would absolutely <laughs> sponsor going in and getting Melvin Ingram back off the street. I think that in the short term, just in like third down pass rushing situations, Melvin Ingram would be a fantastic addition. And I'm sure that he would love to come back to Miami. I have a friend of a friend of his who has told me many times that he would love to come back to Miami. He just hasn't received the phone call. And I feel like there's maybe a lot of teams who maybe looked at Melvin Ingram's production start to wane throughout the year as he was being used a lot more often than he was supposed to. And maybe they're starting to think, okay, he's on the wrong side of 30 for us and we're going to move past him. But it took, how long, how long was it before Ndamukong Su ultimately got uh, signed by the Philadelphia Eagles last season? It was like, it was, past week, half- it was about week 10 when he signed. So, right. So, so it wouldn't happen. be, yeah, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, I think, for the Dolphins to just go in there and say, hey, listen, we're making this, we're making our Super Bowl run. This is it. Do you want in on this? And, Maybe they're trying to pinch pennies where they can. Maybe they don't want to give up whatever it would cost to get Melvin Ingram at this stage. Maybe he still feels like he's worth more than what the Dolphins are willing to give him, just like kind of Dalvin Cook was thought thought he was worth more than the Dolphins were willing to give him. But I would say Melvin Ingram would be a good outside solution. But if I'm going to go ahead and say in the short term, what am I doing? I'm just putting my faith in Andrew Van Ginkle. Because seriously, if we're looking for pass rush, he can do it. If we're looking for set the edge... We know Emmanuel Ogba can do it. So you just got to be more, I guess the word is, you got to be stronger with your execution. Just make sure that you're making your switches quickly, making sure they're efficient, and you should be fine, at least theoretically speaking. Unlike the Jalen Ramsey situation, Jalen Phillips is not going to be the end-all, be-all of this defense, and we've already witnessed that because we've seen Andrew Van Ginkle play in in Jalen Phillips' role already, and he did a phenomenal job rushing the passer. Yeah, and Emmanuel Ogba, t- uh, by the way, very, very quietly, one and a half sacks today. So he already stepped in for Jalen Phillips and actually produced. So uh, that's uh, that's good news going did forward. He, did you watch how he played? Because I don't know if he was actually doing things well or if the sacks and everything were more of a product of him being in the right place, right time. Uh, I got to watch the All-22. I know there was one play where he actually just caved in the entire right side of the line. And Tim Boyle was just stepping up to try to get rid of it, and he had to pull it down, and that was the the first sack. Uh, so that that's all I could saw, uh, see on that. So I, I can't wait to see the all twenty two because I want to see what you know how they pivoted from losing Jalen Phillips to running their defense with what they had on the field. All right, as I bring you up, just be you know just identify yourself so everybody else knows who you are. All right, you're on, Dave. Hey guys. Good win. Good win. Uh, hey, Alf, did yeah. you take your uh, uh, Jason Sanders 50-plus yard field goal drink? Oh, wow. He hit a 54-yard field goal, man. And, yeah. and it had distance. Yeah, he yes. And it had a slice on it that was crazy. And I will say this. Somebody needed to get into Mike McDaniel's ear and tell him, look, you're facing Tim Boyle. 
points are worth double now. Kick this field goal on fourth and two. Here, and down it's here. going to be the crappy, this weaker part of our schedule. Isn't this the time to start your uh, your Austin Jackson vacation of uh, Jason Sanders? Yeah, and by the way, is, does anybody have, like, clarification? Because somebody says he threw a punch, and that's why he was disqualified. Yeah, it's not in the game book. Does it actually say? Yeah, they showed video of him throwing a punch, but nobody said anything. I saw the video where he, he, he threw a punch. Yeah, because on the I game mean, book, it, in, the, in the game book, I don't know, Lewis, do you see it? It's in the game book that Austin Jackson was disqualified for throwing a punch? Because it's not in there. I saw that he was disqualified. I didn't know what it was for up until everybody was saying he threw a punch. I was I just kept watching the replay of when the ref ended up getting. I guess it was like elbowed in the in the, in the, in the <laughs> yeah, face. That was funny. <laughs> and I so I love how the, the the Jets player was like, "Oh crap! Are you okay? Are you okay?" Nope. He throws his hat and like he's not okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was that was all kinds of funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You have anything else? Yeah, anything else? Yeah. Any other observation? From this game, yeah, is it, you know, so I know the stats look good. I, I guess I've been watching Dolphins a long time. It almost seems a little bit like Tua is in the old Dan Marino press mode, like where he just kind of feels like with as many injuries around the team, he's just trying to put the cape on just a little more than he should. Just a little off here, a little off there. Not bad, not that he's bad, but just not quite where he was earlier in the season. Yeah, I thought he was absolutely. Fabulous in this game, okay. Except for those two throws, and the second throw, I thought it was just DJ Reed making a great play. But the first one, I thought, I, I you know, I, I really do believe that he just did not understand, you know, what was going on with the coverage, and he didn't understand that there was going to be another defender out there. He thought he had an easy completion, like he thought he had a free eight yards, and there were no free eight yards on that play. So. I guess I could go around the, the horn on this, and then we could get to, to more questions. Uh, I'll start with Weck. Your assessment of Tua on this on this day? Um, Based on what I saw, I think he had three total, what I would consider really, really bad throws. The first one was um, Tyreek was going to the left, and he, he threw it behind Hill. I think Hill was about five yards down the field, and he... Like, I, I, I can't remember when it was, but he severely threw it behind him and dropped it and everything like that. And then you have the um, pick six. And then the the third one was the second pick. But other than that, I think he had a very good game. And if Tyreek Hill doesn't drop that beautiful, great dots in the end zone on the first drive, I think we're having a different conversation about Tua because... That didn't show up in the stat sheet at all. And also that second interception led to what was one of the best plays of the game for us. So, I mean, I don't even know if we can consider that second interception to be all that bad when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. But overall, he played very well. So it was the old throwing interception to set up our defense to return it 99 (laughs) yards on a Hail Mary? Oh, yeah, it was great. (laughs) Holland took that like it was a punt, and he just... When he caught oh, it, man. when he caught it, mm-hmm. I remember when he brought it out, I was thinking to myself, the, oh, the only thing behind him are receivers, yeah. which means if we pick up some blocks, we could score on this thing. And sure yeah. enough, he took it all the way. By the way, uh, to be clear on that before I get Lewis in here, Tyreek Hill, three confirmed drops for touchdowns this year. This one is also a confirmed drop. So those are three touchdowns. 
that yeah. you take away from the Dolphins this year. It was a bad, bad play by Tyreek on that one. Yeah, it just was. All right, Lewis, your thoughts on Tua's game today? Uh, it's going to be dissected up and down, left and right, ad nauseum for the entire week. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it on uh, Finns Nation when it's time to record for Monday's show, and I will talk about it as well during Pulse of Finns Nation as well, I feel like, just because of what's been going on. Like, I got into a debate on the uh, cesspool that is Twitter, which is why OnlyFins is absolutely the best place to be. By the way, nobody ever forget that. Make sure you tell your friends. Um, the way that this whole thing is looking at it, we I feel like we hold Tua to a higher standard than most teams hold their own quarterback. We look at Tua and basically say, you made a bad decision. We are now going to question you. We will raise an eyebrow at you and say, oh, well, are you truly the guy? I think that most of the people in this room kind of already know that it's not worth it to ask that question anymore. I think everybody knows that Tua is the future, and I feel like he's earned that right. There are still those out there who look at Tua and say that... that there was literally somebody who told me that Tua hesitates too much. I I don't necessarily agree with that. Tua is very much... like There were some people who were saying that Tua is only a first-read quarterback. If his first read isn't open, he'll... He'll either throw it anyway and make a bad decision, or he'll just take a sack. So that doesn't scream of somebody who hesitates. But never mind that. My personal assessment of this game specifically was that Tua was okay. Because even though he had those two picks, which were undoubtedly awful, they were, then nobody's going to try to say otherwise. They were really, really bad throws. Everything else besides those two was pretty solid. It was, it was good. He hit Jalen Waddle on a deep pass that was pretty good. He had Tyreek in the end zone. He dropped it. Maybe that's that hand injury that they were talking about, just kind of slowing him down a little bit. So whatever the case may be, I don't feel like two bad throws, which ultimately were inconsequential to the results of the game. Let's be true. Let's be real about that. The thing about it that we have to keep in mind is that some people might say, well, it could have had an effect. Yeah, it could have. But guess what? It didn't because the Jets don't know how to play offense. So... As far as I'm concerned, yes, bad stuff happened with Tua. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it because just as many times he'll, he'll throw 20 great passes in between the next two bad passes that he will have, and I'm willing to take that. All right. Uh, we're going to go through uh, our questions. I think we have one more. Let me bring you on, and then after that, we go go to the questions that are in the chat. But first, we have one more member of OnlyFans. Hit it. Hey, Alf. Take hey. the cannoli here. Nice to hear Weck's voice for the first time. So, first off, fuck the Jets. Fuck MetLife. Fuck that poverty franchise. What are we doing here? <laughs> it's 2023, and we're playing football in that fucking toilet bowl. Like, seriously. Anyway, I have to get that off my chest. This is more therapy than a question. That, that uh, turf, Quickly, that Zach, Zach Pagano and Capster both asked my questions about Phillips and, uh, and Tua. Um, you talked me off the ledge, so I'm going to pivot quickly here. Uh, let's talk about some positivity. How about that O-line? You know, we were playing with basically our backups for half the game, if not most of the game, and we grinded them down, and next thing you know, we're just, you know, the, the, the we're busting through and a running game got going. So, I mean, props to them. I think that's that's a good sign for, for things to come. Absolutely. Keon Smith, man, he came in, and he didn't have many pass pro reps okay so that's a fact so he wasn't really back in in pass pro trying to 
you know, defend, you know, trying to block a, a pass rusher to get in on Tuatunga Valoa, but he was in the run game. And uh, the offensive line still found room to create space for our running backs to, to make hay toward the end. And that drive, that drive, make no mistake, how many plays was that drive toward the end? At the end of the third quarter? What was it? Like 14 or something? It was like a 14-play drive, 75 yards. Are we talking about the Jets or the Dolphins? The Dolphins at the end of the game, uh, at the end of the third quarter, that last touchdown. You know, you're talking about a 75-yard drive for like nine minutes. They did it most most of it on the ground, and they were doing it with three backup offensive linemen against the the start the Jets' starting defensive line. So yeah, that was you know that's notable, you know. But yeah, it, it goes right back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Nobody, you know, the Dolphins don't get any credit for any of their wins. At the end of the game, they were saying, "Oh, you know, you know, this or that." Okay, it was thirty four thirteen people in their place on Black Friday when they were pretty fired up for this game. It was an absolute beatdown, okay? Dolphins spotted points and still won by three touchdowns, okay? Were they really doing I did, I don't. I turn off the game after the clock hits zero, so I didn't hear any of that nonsense. I'm so. I mean, really, they're they're trying to find a way to naysay a division game on the road on a short week. Yeah. So somehow, <laughs> somehow on on Amazon, the Prime, whatever the hell they call that post game show, and I have mm. plenty to say about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'll say it before we go to our chat questions. But, uh, yeah, they were poo-pooing the whole win. And they were dissecting how this game could have been in doubt somehow. When? I don't know. When? Like, I don't know how yeah, it's going to fu- be in fuck doubt. Fuck Amazon, too, then. <laughs> they were absolutely <laughs> terrible. All right. When would the game have been in doubt? Because the the Jets didn't move the ball into the Dolphins half of the field until what? Like midway through the fourth quarter, they had three. T- they had three first downs in the yeah. middle of the third quarter. They had crossed midfield for the first time in the third quarter. They were in plus territory, meaning uh, less than the thirty-five yard line, late in the third quarter. So I just, this is I absolute domination. I don't know how anybody can come away from that and say. Yeah, the Dolphins could have lost that. Uh, if uh, well, imagine that Holland had taken it back for a touchdown. They only would have been up ten to six, and then uh, blah blah blah, whatever. All right, thank you. Take the cannoli for for your contribution. Yes. We're gonna go into our our questions here in our chat. Let me let me pick them up. All right, here's the first one. Do you think we could have interest in Barnett? Uh, Barnett could be. Are they talking about the Eagles? Terrible. Yeah, the Eagles. Event? They they just they just waved him. So I mean, hey, the reason you know, they waved we... him is because he's absolutely fucking terrible. So <laughs> now here's the thing: Chris Greer was kind of in on him, so maybe he finds his way onto the team. We shall see. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But the rest of the question is to pitch in for JP or is Ingram or JPP? Juan Pierre Paul is out there, people. The better options. I'll start with Lewis. And we got to we got to run through these because we're already at 26 minutes. Lewis, Melvin Ingram, or Juan Pierre-Paul as a well, bring-in this week? Well, Jason Pierre-Paul, obviously, he has some uh, he has some level of name allure to him, but I personally would just pick Melvin Ingram just because I'm more familiar with his work. I know that if I'm going to go ahead and pick somebody who, on the field at least, he's a high-effort guy. He, he, I've, I know that he's had a reputation in the past for his... Uh, lack of effort in practice and whatnot. But I think last year you were covering him out. He wasn't really that low effort in practice, was he? No, no. He was just no. uh, he just faded throughout the year. He's an older guy. Like, you know. This I, is, I believe this he's, is, what, 34 or something like that? Uh, he might be, yeah. But as for Jason Pierre-Paul, I mean, if they want to go with him instead, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But I just personally feel like – I mean, I'm just biased at this point. It feels like if you're looking for old, uh, uh, easily fatigued pass rushers – to be able to come in and just rush the passer on third down, I feel like it's almost interchangeable at this point. It just basically depends on who does Vic Fangio feel would be a better fit for his particular scheme. Yeah. All right, next question. How concerned should we be with Tua making these interceptions? I already said not at all. He has to learn these things. He has to get in the, the lab. He has an extra couple of days. I, I think we could be quick with, with this. Uh, Weck, your thoughts, and then I'll go to Lewis. On Tua? Yeah. Oh, I'm not concerned at all. I I think he he just made a bad read, as you said, on the first pick. And then on the second one, I don't know why he tried to go back to the well, but it was a good play. Um, but overall, I don't think we have much to be concerned about because um, he played okay and then let the running game take take us home, basically. So I don't have any major concerns about Tua. All right, uh, Lewis. Any 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 concerns whatsoever? Very quickly. No, no. I feel like I I did not answer this question already. There's no concerns about Tua whatsoever in this mind, and I feel like anybody who has concerns about Tua at this point are just literally looking for an excuse to be mad about what they are seeing from Tua Tagovailoa. I literally somebody told me on Twitter that they were saying that we have reached his ceiling. He is a good, not a great quarterback. I'm like, he's literally top five in just about every quarterback statistic that you can think of. How is that not good enough? I don't understand. All right, next question. Has Wilson, that is meaning Jeff Wilson Jr., done enough for McD, Mike McDaniel, to feed him going forward? I'll start with this, okay? 167 yards rushing today. On the vaunted Jets defense. We've been hearing about this defense all year. It hasn't stopped. Oh, my God, the Jets. The Jets defense, they're great. Dolphins absolutely pounded them today. Uh, has he earned yard, uh, You know, more carries going forward? I think it, as long as Devon Achan 
allows it. Jeff Wilson did have 11 for four, for 11 for 56, 5.1 yards per carry, no touchdowns. Uh, Raheem Moser, 20 for 94, 4.72 touchdowns. So that goes for Chris Broussard, who was an absolute fucking idiot. Talking about the Dolphins rather rape breakdance than get into a fight. They went in there and beat the crap out of this Jets defense, okay? That's as simple as you can put it. Uh, Weck, your thoughts on Jeff Wilson going forward? It's Man, it's a good thing to just have him on the roster, right? It, oh, gives, it gives you just yes. another, like it's another guy that you have there. And look, he, he performed. 11 for 56, 5.1 per carry. I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon with that, okay? I'm ex- absolutely happy with that. I'm ecstatic with it. Your thoughts? Absolutely. And I mean, looking at the box score does not provide enough context behind the 11 for 56 because it's not like he was running outside and he had some long runs and then couldn't get it done when he was handed the ball and had to run out the middle. No, this man ran straight through some, I don't want to cuss on here, but some... Jets players, man. He was running people over. He is he is absolutely the kind of back we need in order to, you know, get these third and short, fourth and short situations figured out because you are not going to bring him down by trying to ankle tackle him or anything like that. You need multiple guys to bring Jeff Wilson down because he is just a pissed-off running back, and he is going to run you over. So I think he's a perfect fit for this offense, and he absolutely is going to get some carry moving forward. Do you really want Raheem Mostert taking 20 carries a game as it gets colder? And, you know, we know about his injury history and all of that. I mean, I don't. So when Devon Achan comes back, we're going to be able to div- like divide the, uh, um, the carries up even more. So having Jeff Wilson in there to just hand him off and you get three yards, but you know you're pounding into three or four um, people. That's perfect. His role in this offense is perfect for what well- we need him for. By the way, I got the the numbers right in front of me. Uh, by the way, Darrington Evans also had two carries for 16 yards in garbage time. But as I look at it right here, Dolphins will be number one in passing yards, number one in passing yards per attempt, number one in rushing yards, number one in rushing, rushing yards per attempt. So going to be number one across the board. And they put up 34 points, so that's going to help the point differential as well. Uh, Lewis, your thoughts on the backfield? I think we could be brief on this. Yeah, it's pretty clear on that. The the Dolphins' backfield still has plenty of talent on it. Even Darrington Evans, I don't know what happened with that uh, fumbled handoff, but whatever, that's a different discussion for another day. But Jeff Wilson, if if he looks like he's pissed off, it's probably because he is. He has a lot to prove, I think, in his own mind, just to say, okay, everybody seems to be dismissing me because we've got Raheem Moster leading the league in rushing touchdowns right now. And, of course, Devon Achon, the, uh, the young rookie phenom everybody's drooling over. So don't you ever dare forget about me so that probably has something to do with why he's uh rushing with all his might all right next question strictly off the eyeball test did cotton and liam meaning liam eikenberg lester cotton perform better than last week i could take this one and then we can move on uh yes they were very very good liam did get beat bad early in the game by uh quinn and williams uh swim move 
But he's one of the he's like what top three defensive tackle in football. By the way, uh, let it not be lost that Christian Wilkins probably had the best game as a Dolphin today. Like he could not be blocked today. Period. Let me get the let me get his numbers. Uh, let me see if I have his numbers here. Christian Wilkins two sacks, three tackles, one tackle for loss. He was absolutely or he was a, a game wrecker. Today, Quentin Williams beat Liam Meikenberg. So, yeah, you're not going to get the best out of your offensive line with those two guys. You need Robert Hunt back. Robert Hunt's an all-pro. Like, you know, you need Robert Hunt back. Uh, They had him today in uniform. I don't know if you guys saw him, but he did come out of the tunnel in uniform. And I guess they had him in an emergency role. So, had they needed him, he was available. So, had they taken an injury at guard, I think that he would have come into the game. All right, we can move on. Uh, let me see uh, a couple of JP injury questions, which we already had. Uh, injuries in the trenches today. Do you think Miami tries to bring in some guys on both sides of the ball? We already talked about JPP and Melvin Ingram. On the offensive side of the ball, they brought in Andrew Norwell. I'll have Lewis take this one, and then we can move on. Lewis, uh, are you kicking the tires on Andrew Norwell? The guy played 16 games last year. You know, had if he's not signed, maybe they looked at him and said, "Man, maybe you are done." But I mean, like would you, you bring said, him in? I, I would. I would bring him in just to see if he can get something, some kind of a maybe a rhythm, some chemistry, some actual time with Butch Berry, maybe to try to revitalize his career. But uh, as you guys pointed out on the three YPC uh, channel. The actual comments that were made by somebody close to y'all said he's cooked. So I, I tend to take what you guys say very seriously. So if somebody out there is telling you guys Andrew Norwell is done, then I would only look at him at a at extreme vet minimum, very uh, Eric Fisher like in that regard, but less than Eric Fisher got. Eric Fisher took our money and ran, so I'm not cool with that. So I would be very very cautious about the Andrew Norwell thing this right now. I would like to see if maybe there are some other potential diamonds in the rough that Butch Berry could turn into somebody decent. He's already doing wonders with Kendall Lamb, and he, and he's managed to turn Austin Jackson from a bust into a, oh, yeah, I kind of see why he was a first-rounder. All right. Uh, moving on, because we're at 36 minutes. We're moving. Like, this is a pretty hefty special edition of Q&A Live. Uh, let me see how, how many do we, how many questions do we have here? We have a bunch more. Uh, how many people have to get hurt before at, at, at life before they fix the field? I'll take this one. They have field turf. They changed the field turf this season to a different type of field turf, which as my understanding goes, it's a little deeper. It's a little bit more forgiving. So it's supposed to be better. It actually hasn't helped. They lost their quarterback. We're going to lose our defensive end. And our edge player in Jalen Phillips. Man, just play grass. Just put grass all over the field. Like, you know, what's the point? Can I ask a question? Uh-huh. Why do, why do they not just put grass? Is there like some kind of competitive advantage to turf that they want? It's cheaper. That, that's why. Uh, money. Okay, got it. Okay, you can, put that, you can put that field turf on, okay? And the highest grade of field turf costs you $150,000 to put it on one time and all you got to do is just maintain it every two or three weeks. Problem is, New York, it rains, it snows, it's bad weather. So grass, you have to have somebody keep up with it constantly. So a new grass field is going to cost you pretty much the same. It's going to cost you a little less. It's going to cost you about $100,000. But you're going to have to hire an entire ground screw 
to try to keep it up to date every single week. And since it's bad weather up there, that's why Buffalo has field turf. That's why the Jets have field turf. Uh, actually, the Patriots have a grass field, which is good for them. But, uh, yeah, uh, if it's up to me, outlaw field turf. Field turf, it feels awful. I've been on field turf. It's what's inside the, the Dolphins' indoor facility. Yeah, the practice ball. I've been in there, too. And yeah, the I, practice I, I, I remember. I remember the first time walking on it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like walking on a rock. What's going on down here? It feels like carpet. It feels like if you're on, on your carpet, you know? Now, your carpet may feel nice if you want to lay down on it, but throw yourself on the carpet to see if that feels good. It does not. Okay. And it does imagine not. if it gets really cold out there. It gets hard. Yes. And, and by the way, Tua, yes, injury report on Tua. Yeah, he has a hole in his right arm. I don't know if you guys saw it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't. How could you miss it? Oh, my God. Like, he's going <laughs> to okay. have to get it. He was supposed first. to do the, he was supposed to do the, the, the post-game show on Prime, and they said, oh, he has to attend to something. Yeah, what he has to attend to is the 40 stitches to stitch up that hole he has on his right arm. Okay? I, but I, I don't think that was a turf, though. I think that was just a helmet from Jordan Whitehead when he was trying to run Jordan Whitehead over. It was, it was cool when he said, I was trying to run him over. Yeah. <laughs> He's tough. Okay, I'll give give two a credit. He's tough. Okay, because that kind of an injury, I I would have like screamed and been like, "I'm done. Nope, I'm not coming back. Wait until next week." Yeah. All right. Next question. Dolphins had the top five fast ca- fastest carriers in the NFL, uh, but all of them were from week five or earlier. I I don't think that that's true. Is that down to the O slowing down in general or tire legs as the season goes on? It has none nothing to do with any of that stuff. Okay. Um, has to do a lot with space. Like you're not gonna get a ton of them if there's no space. But I'm pretty sure that they have a next gen. They have a, a next gen 21 mile per hour run somewhere in their past week five. Didn't Tyreek get to 22 recently? Yes, uh, that is correct. Versus the Giants, I think. Yeah. All right, we got. Uh, look, we're at 40 minutes. I'm gonna try to extend this for another five minutes. All right, another question. Uh, Fireman threw his fire hat at somebody. Okay, that's good. If somebody can confirm that, that would be awesome. I will go wild on it. I will go wide. I will do a show on it. Okay, how do you like that? Somebody confirm that Fireman Ed threw his fire hat at somebody. All right. Uh, let me see any other. Somebody's asking if we could go pick up TJ Watt. That'd be nice. All right. Uh, all right. Could you explain why Mike McDaniel said he made the wrong call on one of the interceptions? Was it an easy read for the defense? I could I could explain that one, and then we can move on. Uh, usually, when you're protecting a lead and you know that your defense your your opponent really has no hope whatsoever unless you turn it over, you're gonna call things more a little a little bit more condensed, and you're not gonna call route combinations that extend past the numbers. He called the route combination that extended past the numbers. Thus, put the ball in jeopardy, and thus, interception. So, that's what he was explaining. Uh, Somebody explained Lamb's back locked up this morning. Yep, that made sense, because he was standing on the sideline with a a heating pad on his back. That's the the very rare sideline injury. May I make a personal observation? Hit it. I saw. I was actually recently going to a chiropractor for the fact that my back felt like it was locking up on me, and 
The funny thing that I don't know, maybe you guys have differing opinions on this. I don't know, but he told me that actually get, putting a heating pad on it actually makes it worse because all it does is add heat to the already inflamed muscle. So what he should have done was put an ice pack on it. So I don't know what you uh, guys think about that. All right. Next question. Do we have to worry about Austin Jackson being suspended for the next game for throwing a punch? Nope. Okay. It's just uh, you get suspended for the game and that's it. Or is the ejection the big punishment? That's it. That's all it is. Uh, he'll be back next week. He was actually really good. He got beat by Bryce Huff pretty bad. We talked about him on the on the pregame show on on Wednesday. We talked about it. Bryce Huff is tough. Like that dude is really really good off the edge. Austin Jackson got beat clean by Bryce Huff. Let me see if there's any more questions here, or we could end it. Um, does Shaq Leonard interest intensify after Phillips injury? Different positions, like you know, Shaq Leonard, like he'll be playing in Jerome Baker's spot. And by the way, let me just say this, okay? All you Dolphin fans that keep hating on Jerome Baker, take that one today. He was fucking awesome today, Jerome Baker. He was absolutely spectacular today. But I guess uh, let me get Lewis's uh, thoughts on that. Uh, Lewis, any any interest in Shaq Leonard? I dabbled with it and I even talked about it briefly on the post game show. I mean, Darius Leonard obviously has a fantastic reputation that precedes him. It's just a question of how healthy can he get? Can the Dolphins afford to bring him onto the roster, sit him down until the playoffs and say, get healthy and then we'll add you to the mix? If they can afford that, then I would absolutely 100% go for it because think about it. If you can manage to get him even to like 80%, of healthy Darius Leonard is a bona fide stud at linebacker and adding him to Vic Fangio's defense, man, just free up, Vic, just free up Andrew Van Ginkle to do whatever he wants as a pass rusher and just put Darius Leonard and David Long Jr. in the same defense. Maybe you can let Jerome Baker attack as a pass rusher more often. Cause I feel like that's something he hasn't been allowed to do a whole lot. All right. Uh, Jeremy Fowler, by the way, tweets and somebody posted it on the chat. And Jeremy Fowler says uh, from ESPN, text from a team from team personnel official on Jalen Phillips, quote unquote, another MetLife victim. Yep, that's that's kind of how it goes. All right, let me see if there's any more questions, and then we can call it. Uh, let me see. Um, yeah, somebody uh, writes in. Tell me that that nine minute drive didn't look like total playoff. Football grinded out. Absolutely. Uh, the four-minute four minute offense, it's nice, man. They actually, you know, they really, really, really did a nice job. All right, this is going to be the last question. I know there's many more, and I can't get to it, but, man, we're at 45 minutes. So this is going to have to be the last question. And here's the last question. Where do you put the over-under for Wilkins, Christian Wilkins, guaranteed money? Career high sacks already, lost count of number of impact plays. What does Miami lose with having to sign both Tua and Wilkins? Well, Tua is going to be a little bit further down the line. Now, Wilkins, he already has the money on the table. He's going to have to get, hopefully he just accepts what what Jeffrey Simmons got from the Titans. But I guess we'll end on this. I'll start with Weck and then I'll finish with Lewis. Uh, Weck, your thoughts on... Paying Wilkins, he's having a career year. <laughs> Sometimes you bet, you know what I mean? You gamble on it and you're like, okay, maybe we save a couple of bucks. 
I think Chris Greer's gamble kind of, well, I think Kristen Wilkins' gamble is paying off. He's going to get paid. He's having a monster year. How much guaranteed did they offer him? I think it was at $65 million, so we're uh, pushing okay. 80 which is a lot. Because uh, I was going to say $80 million guaranteed. Think about it. That's a $20 million Ooh. cap charge that no matter what, you have to pay out for the next four years, every single year. So I think at 62 you could kind of live with it. If not, man, it's a, it's a rough spot. I'm thinking that that tag is probably the most appetizing prospect right now. That $21.5 million tag. If you can't get him signed to the numbers you like. But yeah, your thoughts, and then I'm going to get Lewis on here, and then we could get the hell out of here. Yeah, I think the tag is the, the smartest strategy. But if you're going to have to think about like total guaranteed, and we'll say it's a five-year deal, I think the the most you can do is... Since it was it started at sixty five, you say okay, well, you did very well on our system, Christian. Let's uh let's bump it up to seventy. How about that over five years, and then add some incentives and say it's a total dollar value of one hundred and twenty million or something like that. But I'm not a cap wizard. I don't know anything about the cap, so um, I would say seventy million would probably be where I would be most comfortable. But of course, Brandon Shore would have to put like that money around and organize it in a way that makes sense um but that's where i think he would be i think the the tag right now would be a good idea for sure all right lewis uh how do you handle this like you gotta you gotta pay the man like come on he's too important of a part of, of this team um if not you're tagging him like that's like he is a miami dolphin next year no matter what on, come hell or high water, he is a Miami Dolphin next year because you're tagging him for the 21.5. He's having a career year. Hopefully they could get it done, but we shall see. Your thoughts? I've been saying for the longest, I've been, I was one of Christian Wilkins' strongest defenders on plenty of episodes of Finns Nation. I would go out there and I would literally dedicate a whole show to just saying everybody's just disrespecting Christian Wilkins because of a lack of sacks of all things. How do you have a player who leads all defensive linemen in tackles for two straight seasons and all anybody looks at is, oh, well, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of sacks. No, he just did way more tackles than anybody else at his position in the entire NFL two years running. That's not enough to convince you, okay, fine. Now he's having a career year in sacks, too. The only number that anybody cares about. If I am the Miami Dolphins, I am going to look at Christian Wilkins and say, you know what? If you want 80 million guaranteed, if you want 85 million guaranteed, man, Christian Wilkins has been an Iron Man for these Dolphins ever since he got here. I am not worried about him getting potentially hurt. I am not potentially worried about any career-ending injuries. I am not worried about his play falling off a cliff the moment he gets paid. This man loves football. He loves life. He loves these Dolphins. He is going to give it 120%, whether he is poor or whether he is rich. I am giving Christian Wilkins whatever he wants. I've been saying it for the longest time. As much as we want to say Jalen, as I will admit that Jalen Ramsey's appearance made the difference in how this defense functions. 
but I will not back down that Christian Wilkins is the heart and soul of this defense. As long as he is out there balling and having fun, everybody else out there is too, and it makes a huge difference. Pay Christian Wilkins. I don't care what he wants. Pay him as the top-rated defensive tackle in the NFL. He deserves it at this point. He's done everything humanly possible to prove that he is a top defensive tackle in the NFL. Pay him as such. I absolutely 100,000% agree. All right, on the way out here, I got my daughter with me. She has some thoughts for the game. She ends some well wishes for a certain player on our team. So here she is. Hi, guys. My name is Ashley Artiega. I am Alf's daughter. Um, my thoughts on the game, <clears throat> excuse me. My thoughts on the game was really good, actually. Um, Tua needs to work a little bit harder, not you know throw to the defensive team. <laughs> but um, I want. Yeah, that's always bad when you throw to the other team. That's always awful. Yeah. But yeah, don't throw I want to send like, well wishes to um, the other defensive player, the J- Jalen Phillips. I know he's going to come back stronger than better, and I hope it doesn't take that long to recover. All right, those are always good good words to have and end this right here. All right, as far as what you're going to get, uh, I'm going to have Lewis promote his stuff because he's on our feed every Tuesday with Postal Fence Nation. As far as 3YPC, we will be back next Monday, uh, of course, uh, to give you a recap of this game that you saw on Black Friday. And then, of course, we're going to look forward to the Commanders. I think that's going to be a good game, by the way. Okay? I understand that they got absolutely railroaded by the Dallas Cowboys. But the Commanders offense, every once in a while, sneaks up on somebody to scare them. And who knows? We could be that team. So I think next week's game is not going to be easy. Okay? That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a little bit more difficult than we think. All right, Lewis, on the way out, promote everything you have coming. All right, so on Monday morning, 5 in the morning is when they always come out. Um, Fins Nation, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with a Behind Enemy Lines version of it. And, of course, um, Pulse of Fins Nation on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. live on YouTube. And after that, it will be on the 3YPC feed. So a lot of Dolphins content available here, available on 5 Reasons Sports, available just pretty anywhere you see me on Twitter, too. If you want to follow me at Louis D. Sung, there's Dolphins content everywhere you go. So you're, you're covered. <laughs> no worries there. All right, we're going to call it, and then we'll be back on Monday with uh, a recap of this game. Uh, Don't bother sending me stuff of what other people are saying about this team. We only care what we say about this team. So, Alf, real quick, real Uh quick, are you going to save your uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick rant for the the pod? You know what? I'll say it right now, okay? (laughs) That guy's an absolute piece of shit, okay? A complete piece of crap. Not only was... He absolutely subversive the last year that he was here. But today he spent the whole game. First of all, he picked the Jets to win. He named the two turkeys, the Brickershaw and Mangles. He named named them after Jets. Okay. And then after the game, he spent the entire time talking about, you know what, if the Jets got this and the Jets got that, you know, the Jets would have been in this game. The Jets would have been a little bit better. Go fuck yourself, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's the end of my, my rant on that. All right. That's it. We will talk about this game on Monday. Listen to everything that we do on our network, Postal Fins Nations with Lewis, Ron, and Duke. And, of course, Alex Dono with Troy Stratford. They should be on next week as well. And, of course, 3YPC. We should be on on Monday and Thursday, back to a regular schedule next week. But, till then. 
Thanks for listening to OnlyFans Q&A Live. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.